0: We need to be people full of the Spirit. It is important because we do live in a material world. We really do. But we need to realize that it's a spiritual world. There was this stubborn old sinner back in the 1700s and he was, uh, he didn't want to have anything to do with these revivals that were happening at the time uh, by George Whitefield and, and, Whitefield and, and uh, and so he goes to this meeting because he was curious, because everyone's going to these old revival services and this great preacher there and he's preaching. But he says he's not going to listen to a word this guy says. And so he climbs in a tree just to see at a distance. And he decides he's not going to hear a word he says. He just wants to see what it is. So he stuck his fingers in his ears. He said, I'm not going to listen to the word this guy says. La, 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 la. This is literally what I do when I'm, you know, don't want anyone to tell the score. At a game because I'm recording. And I, la 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 la. You know, just trying to hear. And he's just watching. And finally, God sends the fly. And this fly kept buzzing around. And and finally, this guy was so bugged by it, he goes to swipe it. And as soon as he swipes it, he hears the preacher say, "Those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit says." And immediately, the guy gave his heart to the Lord because he just he just heard. What, he, um, what the Spirit of God was speaking to him. We need to respond to the Holy Spirit and the call of the Holy Spirit. And we can't put our fingers in our ears and ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that everything we do, every action we take, every step we make, we can do it being full of the Spirit. We could do it in line with God's will if we're willing to listen. If we're willing to just do the things. But too many times we put our fingers in our ears and we try to ignore what he is speaking to us, what he is saying to us. But I believe it is so important. And, and you don't have to turn there. We're going to be jumping around in Scripture. But in Matthew chapter 4, it talks about Jesus being tempted by Satan, by the devil, and he goes into the wilderness. And now Jesus knows that he's the Son of God. And I believe people knew that he was the son of God, because in Matthew three, it says a voice from heaven said, this is my son who I'm in love and I am well pleased in. So God, the father made the announcement to everyone there saying, this is my son. This is my son. And then just a moment later, he's going to this lonely, desolate place. And the Bible says that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was being led by the Spirit of God to go into a place that was going to be very hard and difficult for him. Sometimes I wonder why God leads us into lonely places. And it may not be that we're actually driving out into the middle of nowhere. It is the fact that sometimes spiritually it feels like we are in places that have been abandoned and neglected and God is not even there where we are at spiritually and we feel alone, we feel abandoned, we feel hurt and we don't understand why. But I want to tell you that if you are full of the spirit of God, he may lead you into those places that you do not understand why. But there is something great that is going to happen if you just hold on and trust the one who writes the story of your life. How do you think Noah felt when God told him to build a boat and it wouldn't be for hundreds of years or a long period of time until rain actually fell on the earth? Think about the process that Noah had to do. It took a very long time to build that boat. It took a long time to cut down the trees, to bring them to a place where he could work on it, to begin to remove the bark and get the lumber and gather the pitch and all the stuff that was necessary to build a massive ark. And could you imagine every single person around him mocking him? Why? Because Noah heard from God. But he did and he stuck with it just imagine if noah decided to quit halfway through the journey just imagine if he decided to quit but he didn't imagine if the israelites after 20 years in the wilderness they decided to quit halfway through what if they decided to quit yeah, I know God is providing bread every day for us. And I know that he is, he is you know, go t- taking us to the promised land. But I don't understand why it takes so long. I quit. You would have missed the greatest thing that God did for his people. He gave them land that wasn't even theirs. He gave them land where it seemed impossible to even overtake. Because there were giants living in that place. Remember what the spies said when they came back? They said, man, we look like grasshoppers to them. They are huge. They're big. The Bible calls them the phileum. The phileum. And they were giants. They were big. Imagine if they quit. What would Joshua do? See, God designed Joshua for a reason. He designed Joshua as someone who was going to fight for God. He's going to fight for God. When everyone was doubting Moses, he stood by his side. He wasn't going to quit. Just imagine if Paul quit. You see, Jesus promised Paul that he was going to go to Rome and he was going to go testify in Rome. But during that process, he gets arrested. He gets falsely accused. He gets thrown in prison people want to assassinate him. People want to assassinate him. He gets tossed on this boat and this storm overtakes him. He's even afraid of his life. But what if he quit? But he didn't quit. And that's why the Bible says in in Acts 28, he came to Rome. He made it. Don't quit on God. When he leads you to those Lonely places, when he leads you to those places where you don't understand and you are in the middle of a situation that you don't understand, you don't appreciate, you don't like, and you feel like God has abandoned you, I'm just asking you and begging you and pleading with you, don't quit. God is not done writing the story. And if you stick to the one who is the author of our life, then he will write the most beautiful story and you'll look back and say, man, that's good. Don't quit on God. So the Bible tells us in Luke 4 that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We need to be people who are full of the Spirit. How do we be people who are full of the Spirit? I believe Galatians helps us with this. Galatians chapter 5. It says, So I walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify desires of the flesh. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so they, they don't know what to do and do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And since we live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. I believe this was very important to Paul about being people who walk in the Spirit who are led by the Spirit, who are full of the Spirit. So this morning, as I start to unravel this verse, the first thing is that we must be people who walk by the Spirit. Paul tells us to walk by the Spirit. What does that mean, to walk? It means this, to live or behave in such a manner on how you live your life. To live and behave in such a manner on how you live your life. How you walk, how you live by the Spirit. Live in such a way that it displays what you truly believe, who you truly believe in, that God is ordaining the steps that go before you, that God is watching over your path. You may not understand why you're there, but you know that God has designed this and he's not going to leave you. You must be people who walk by the spirit. One time I was trying to teach our kids, you know, we were watching something and, and there was a reference about, you know, people being taken advantage at certain parties and, you know, and and people would pour, you know, certain things and, and certain drinks and cause them to be drugged. And and, and you know what I'm, I'm talking about. And and so th- th- this happens quite a bit at these parties. And so I asked my kids, I says, what happens if you're at a party and someone spikes the punch? What happens if you're at a party and someone spikes the punch? And one of my kids said, don't go to that party right? Don't even be there. Don't even put yourself in those situations. And when we live in such a way as following the Spirit of God, we know that the world is always at conflict with what we believe, what we want, what we desire. So why even put yourself in those situations? Live by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Live in such a way that glorifies God. If you don't want to be like certain things, then don't hang out with certain things. Don't surround yourself with certain things. If you want to be depressed and always grumpy and complaining, I just go listen to country music, right? That's that's all that it is, you know. I know it's a stereotype, you know, but I like to thank my friend Keith for making me hate country music, you know. <laughs> he listened to it all the time, but if you listen to things that are uplifting and powerful and motivating, man, you're gonna find yourself being motivated with faith. Walking in the belief and living in a way that reflects what you truly believe. Walk in the Spirit. Don't walk in things that will take you away from God. Walk with things. Walk with people. Walk by the leading of the Spirit of God that is bringing you closer to Him. And you will find that being full of the Spirit is a whole lot more fun than being corrected by the Spirit. We must walk in the Spirit. We also must accept the gift of the Spirit. You know, sometimes we don't think about this, but God gave us the Spirit of God as a gift for us. You know, the Father in Heaven sent His Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, I mean, we all wish, man, we wish we could just be there and walk with Him and and just learn from Him. Be like Mary and sit at His feet and just listen all day long. We want to be that, but Jesus knew that it was not possible to touch everybody in this world with his presence. So he says, I'm going to go, but don't worry. I'm going to send the spirit and he is going to teach you everything that I know, everything that I say. He's going to teach you and tell you my words. Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said in Mark 1.8, I baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That God wants to send the Spirit of God to baptize us. You know what that means? It's like an Oreo cookie. You just don't do the half moon. You got to stick your fingers all the way down in the milk. At least I do because that way I know that no one will drink my milk. And I stick my fingers all the way down. Why? Because that thing needs to be baptized. It's biblical, people. Baptize your orioles. get them submerged, push it all the way down. Why? Because it's saturated by the milk. And we need to be people who are baptized by the Holy Spirit to be saturated by him. Jesus is the one who baptizes us. Jesus said in Luke eleven thirteen, 13, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus is saying this in the context of ask anything in my name and it will be done. Believe in me, it will be done. And then he says, ask the, whole, the Father for the Spirit and how much more? Will He give you the Spirit of God if you just ask Him? That's like, I, I, I love singing this song. I had to update the words because it's an old, old song. You know, I used to always sing, oh, um, Spirit of a living God, fall afresh on me. You know, that, but that's the old way of singing it. Now we just sing, fall fresh on me you know and and but but the thing is I just love that that song why because I just need the Holy Spirit to just overflow in my life and saturate every single area and you know what happens when he does that all of a sudden the fear starts to be removed all of a sudden the worry and the doubt and the concern and what am I going to do tomorrow all of that begins to be saturated with the presence of God and I don't know about you but when I am in the presence of God I feel the peace of God I feel the joy of God I feel the love of God and all the worries of the world are real all those things outside this building outside this moment outside your home all those things are real tomorrow you'll have to deal with things you don't even want to deal with but when you are in the presence of God and you allow his spirit to saturate you you don't worry about those things why because God is for you and not against you do you really believe that if you do then accept the gift because he's for you he's given you the spirit of god appreciate it thank him for it because it's a gift Jesus gave us the spirit but sometimes it's hard accepting gifts back in 2019 i had one of the worst days of my life i was it just i just couldn't take it and i snapped and i just was just depressed, and I was crying, and it was just a hard day. It was an embarrassing day for me. It was hard. And that day was the day that I was blessed with our GMC Yukon, that day. And I felt so undeserving. I felt so low that I didn't even want to accept the gift. Just because I didn't feel like I deserved it. I didn't feel like I, I just could even accept something that was so good because I felt so low. Sometimes we just need to accept the gift. Sometimes we just need to accept that God gave us the spirit to draw us closer to him, not to have us feel guilty or not to not to always walk around thinking that we're being punished or 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 he's looking down on us he gave us the spirit of God so so that we could know him we could have that relationship that Jesus had with him sometimes we don't feel like we deserve the gift but you must accept it just as the father told Jesus this is my son he tells us the same thing Why? Because John tells us that those who believe in Jesus have the right to be the children of God. You have the right to be his son and his daughter. You have that right, and no one can take away your rights. I know there are people who want to take away our rights in America. I know that people want to take away our freedoms. But no one will take away the right that I am a child of God. You can look at me and and dismiss me and think less of me and say he's a loser. I remember one time this lady quartered me in the laundromat. We first moved here and she quartered me in the laundromat. I was working two jobs. And she says, don't you feel like a loser? You're working two jobs. Don't you feel like a loser? I said, well, I do now. I I guess I really never thought about it. Don't let people define you. He has given you the gift The Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Accept the gift because you you have have not earned it. You don't deserve it, but it's a gift from a father who says, I love you. I just want you. We must be people that walk by the Spirit. We must be people that accept the gift of the Spirit. and And lastly here, we must be people who believe the Spirit. John 14 tells us this. If you love me, Jesus is speaking here, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him. Because he neither, they neither see him or know him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus is ex- telling us that you must accept the gift that he's going to give. That the spirit of God is not only going to live with you, but he will be in you. Just imagine... That we are people, carriers of the Spirit of God. Now that's no small thing. It's the same Spirit that was hovering over the waters in Genesis 1. It's the same Spirit that guided people all throughout the Old Testament until the birth of Jesus Christ. It's the same Spirit that He promises us as a gift. The Spirit of God lives with you and will be in you we need to be people who believe the holy spirit is here to help us here to guide us here to comfort us here to encourage us and here to speak to us i believe this simple thing that when jesus says that the spirit of god will guide you into all truth guess what i believe that he will guide me into all truth I believe that the Spirit will help me. And even though I may not understand why or when or how, I trust the Spirit of God and the leadership of God's Spirit in my life. When my dad first got saved, when my dad first got saved, he wasn't saved for a long time. And he first got saved and he was working at GM and he was a fork truck driver and and he could just go. You know, just he was really skilled with that fork truck. And when he came up to this position, he says he always goes to the left of the aisle. Because there were two ways you can go around the centerpiece there at the, the foundry. And, and so he, could, he would always go left. For some reason, he decided he was going to go right. And he goes right. And as soon as he goes right, boom, this thing happens on the left. It could have hurt him. It could have killed him. And I remember talking to him about it. And he says, yeah, I, just, I don't know why that happened. I said, that's the spirit of God. And now that you are saved, now that you've given your life to the Lord, He's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. We have to believe the Holy Spirit because He knows the details of our life. He knows the details and how things work. You know, when um, I was working on the Acra and I noticed that the transmission fluid was a little low. And so I, I go and I look and... And you know, and I'm really a good mechanic. I knew that that was a 17 millimeter bolt, you know. So I, I, after several tries, I found out it was a 17 millimeter bolt. But I got the, I got the socket on there, and and I grabbed my 3/8 wrench because you know it's aluminum, you know, and I know that you cannot over tighten bolts on aluminum. You end up cracking it or stripping it. And so, so I grabbed my 3/8 driver, and man, that thing's really on there. And so I grabbed a half inch socket and. and Man, that thing's really on there. I finally grabbed a a breaker bar with a pipe, and pow, the thing finally snapped and it opened up. It didn't break. It just it it just made a it made a snap and it opened. I saw Robert. I was oh man. <laughs> no, don't worry. It got the bolt off. The bolt is good. The bolt's fine. But it just took a lot of effort to pop that off. And so I finally I tapped off the the, uh, the transmission fluid and. I put that bolt on, and I grab that breaker bar, and I'm thinking, I probably don't need to put it on that tight. And so I said, I'll just give it a good snug. And then I'm thinking, maybe I should listen to the voice in my head that said, son, make sure you read the owner's manual and find out how much torque it needs, and do not over-tighten it. It was not the voice of the Spirit. It was the voice of my dad. Who always reminded me, make sure you do it to specifications. Why? Because the people who designed it, the people who made it know how it should work, how much tight it, how tight it should be. And so I finally looked it up, found out it was 33 foot pounds and <sniffs> torqued it down. And now when I take it off, it still is a beast to take off, <laughs> you know, but but it's, it just gets hot. <laughs> but But the thing is, is that If we listen to the directions by the people who made it, by the owners, if we listen to God who knows how things work, then we will never be misled or deceived or lost in our life. It may not be pretty, times are hard, things are difficult. But if you believe the Spirit, He will guide you and He will direct you. I think it's so important that we need to be people who walk in the Spirit, accept the gift of the Spirit, believe in the Spirit. And the result of that is we will be strong in the Spirit. We need to be people who are strong in the Spirit. My son, when he was real young, my oldest son, you know, just a little kid, a little toddler. We bought them these fancy shoes. Fancy Walmart shoes, you know, just cheap ones, you know. And uh, because, I I mean, I see some parents, man, they spend a hundred bucks on these shoes and I'm thinking two weeks later, they ain't gonna fit. It's just not a good investment. I don't, I'm not condemning anyone. And if I could afford it, I probably still wouldn't buy those shoes. I just, you know, there's just, they're gonna be gone. So we bought them some, just some cheap shoes, you know, the best we could. You know, made them look nice. And we called them the 40s shoes. I don't know why we called them 40. I have no idea. And when we put them on, he goes, Dad, these shoes are cool. And I go, yeah, they're 40s. They're 40s. And he's like, oh, 40s. Puts these shoes on with joy. Takes off. He goes, Dad, Mom, was I fast? Oh, yeah, son. Those 40s made you fast. And he was running up and down the street, you know, which is a great parenting thing because that boy's going to take a good nap. You know, he's just running up and down the street, 40s, 40s. He he believed that these shoes made him stronger, faster. But I want to tell you something. This is just my personal thoughts here, my personal belief. I believe one of the biggest deceptions that the devil makes, one of the biggest lies that he convinces people is that you're not strong as you think you're not as strong as you think i really do believe that the devil convinces us that we're not as strong as we really are so how does he do that because i want you to think about what the bible says that the spirit of god lives in us the bible says that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world the bible tells you tells us that the same spirit that rose christ from the dead lives in us we know, according to Scripture, that there is nothing, no weapon that is formed against me that shall prosper. We know that we are overcomers, and we know that we are victorious, victorious. We know that even death does not hold anything over us because we win. Why? Because the Bible tells us we believe it. But yet, how do we live? Do we live that way? Do we think that way? Do we act that way? How does he convince us? How does he convince so many people that we're weaker than what we are? than weak and not strong as as we should be. I believe this. I believe because the devil has spent so much time making us be people who are living in a material world and we have neglected the spiritual world. We've neglected who he is and what he can do. You see, the Bible says that God is spirit. So when God comes and lives in us his spirit lives in us the devil knows this the devil knows it that, that you are so victorious and so strong and so powerful that's why paul says i can do all things through christ who gives me strength why because he lives in me and i am able to handle anything to do anything in jesus name and it will be done but we walk around defeated we walk around weak Because he has convinced so many people that we live in a material world and God is so far removed. God is so far removed. God is so distant. He doesn't care about us. So we got to fend for ourselves. We got to pick up our own bootstraps and keep on plowing along. But the Bible says that he is spirit and that he lives in us and with us. And so the only way the devil can convince us that we are weak is that if he convinces us that we live in a material world. I found after we got back in 2020, almost a year later, I found in the middle of the road a Disney ticket that fell out of our car. A year later, I found a Disney ticket, one of our Disney, and I don't know how in the world, because they give you like these little like credit card looking things and they got your name on there and all this. And and I found that almost a year later, after we went to Disney, it was laying right in the middle of the road, and I woke up one morning, I just saw it laying there. It just fell out of the car somehow, and somehow it just landed there a year later. And I picked it up and I was kind of smiling because 2019 was a very difficult year for us. And we end up going to Disney. And I'm telling you, God worked out every single detail of that trip, even down to the ice cream. The last minute, we were given money so that our kids could have ice cream. I mean, God worked out every detail for us to go. But you know what, it wasn't my desire to go. Oh no, I knew we couldn't afford to go. It was not a wise thing to do. Why spend all that money and go down to Disney and pay $17 for a little stick of ice cream? Why? Didn't make no sense. And so my wife and my son kept praying. This was their dream. This was their prayer. And I prayed everything I could against it. I was like, no, I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's it's wise. But my wife, her desire was to have one final vacation as our family to go to Disney. So a year later, I see this ticket laying there. And I picked it up and I was like, man, how did they get here? What, who, who's, who was carrying around a card and dropped it in the street? I just couldn't figure it out. And as soon as I picked it up looked at it, God told me something. He says, you get what you pray for. Now, he wasn't telling me, hey, go and pray for a million dollars or go pray for this or go pray that, you know, I could sing like Elvis. I mean, he wasn't telling me that. What he was telling me was this. And this is what I understood it as. Your wife prayed for this. Your wife prayed for this, and because she did, I made it happen. You get what you pray for. And what that taught me was this, that when we pray, we we are doing a spiritual thing. Just like giving is a spiritual act. Praying is a spiritual act. The way you live is a spiritual act. It's an act of worship. Everything we do, we are doing in the spirit because we believe in worshiping and supporting and loving a God who is spirit. And we pray, and when we pray, we pray in the spirit to God who is spirit. And God who is spirit manifests it in our material world. He makes it happen here. This is why I believe that we don't understand how strong we are because we're just so caught up in the material and we forget that God is spirit, that he is able to do anything. He is able to cause that widow's oil to not run out until she ran out of jars. He is able to make food appear when a prophet is by a little, little river and birds come and feed him. Birds come and feed him. He's still the same God. Just like one time when I read that verse, I said, God, and I, st- I walked out to my door, and I said, God, if you can send birds to Elijah to feed him, feed my family, send the birds. And then hours later, I got James, hey, pastor, two bags of meat flopping like this big old bird. And I walked out the, window. I walked out the door and said, you're my bird, you're my bird. See, God is still the same God. So don't get caught up in the material. Yes, it's real, and we got to do things that, you know, obligations we have. But we are spiritual people. I'm a spiritual person. You're a spiritual person. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in us. We are His children. Not only do we walk in the Spirit, accept the Spirit, believe the Spirit, be strong in the Spirit. And don't settle for what your eyes tell you and what your thoughts tell you. And what people tell you, you would never settle and you keep pursuing God. Walk in the Spirit. Be people of the Spirit. Amen.